Nation, what makes a quarterback a great quarterback? What makes a quarterback an elite quarterback? What are the criteria? Is it wins? Is it Super Bowl appearances? Is it how you manage the game? Do you not lose the game? Well, the sole reason for you losing the game is on the head of the quarterback. That is the $100 million question. How do you find a great quarterback? What are the criteria? I need to know. I want to know how does all of this stuff works. Now, I do know this one thing. When the teams win, whatever the quarterback that's in place, they get all of the credit, right? And when the team lose, the quarterback do get his share of the blame. Nevertheless, we've seen Super Bowls with, was it Brad Johnson, Trent Dilford, Joe Flacco's, Eli Twice, a Big Ben Roethlisberger. I have you said that man's name, right? <laughs> Are those elite quarterbacks? Are those great quarterbacks? Are those good quarterbacks? Tom Brady, his numbers or what have you. A Nick Foles, or Foles, I think his name is Nick Foles, right? For the Eagles. Well, I guess the only Super Bowl that they ever won. Now, we contextualize it by looking at it naturally, and we will say to ourselves, oh, the quarterback, if you have the best quarterback, then you have a higher chance or ratio to win. I look at the coaching. I look at the collective team as it relates to the defensive side of the ball. We've seen what Peyton Manning was able to do when he played for the Colts and also for the Denver Broncos. But the ongoing question is, or the scenario would be, great quarterbacks do not need anyone around them. That all of a sudden, that they can just be inserted on a team and they can win a Super Bowl. Case in point, you know, a lot of people say with Tom Brady, he won all of those Super Bowls by himself, basically. He's the GOAT, he's the legend. He's what everybody hoped for, wished for, longed for, right? But where does that line exhibit? What separates you from being an average quarterback or below average quarterback from those two categories to a, dare I say, great quarterback, supreme quarterback? Is it somehow one way or another you fall on a certain team and that particular team wins the Super Bowl and automatically you are put into that talk track or that arena of being a great quarterback like the Eli Mannings of the world, the Joe Flacco's of the world, Nick Foles, uh, if you say that man's last night, it does that falls into the category where hey, this quarterback is elite, great, or good, or below average or average basically any particular order what I'm trying to say is 
as good as we can think of or as great as we can think of in Aaron Rodgers, why do he only have one Super Bowl ring? Oh, and this other guy, Drew Brees. Why do he only have one Super Bowl ring? So what I'm saying is that out of 20 years or what have you, or 15 years or what have you, or 10 years or what have you, your best chance, or within five years, because you can throw that, throw in that, your best chance of getting a Super Bowl is to find that one elite quarterback that can propel your team and elevate your team. Because I'm looking for these answers. Uh, I'm trying to figure this out. If you can take care of the ball, protect the ball, manage the game the best way possible, could that philosophy be the best philosophy? Case in point, uh, Joe Montana, he really didn't have to force anything. I mean, he was surrounded <laughs> with weapons. And as time go by, right, people diminish or dilute the weapons and say, oh, it was all the quarterback. That would be the philosophy, right? Or Troy Aikman got three of them. But they would look at it and say, well, <laughs> Emmitt Smith, Michael Irvin really didn't have anything to do with it. It was the quarterback. I don't know. I'm trying to find that particular answer because a lot of people saying that you got to have the elite quarterback or you got to have the great quarterback if they are in the same categories. Huh. As amazing as we think of a John Elway, he got two Super Bowl rings. But what did they do to help facilitate those two Super Bowl rings? Oh, they played better defense. But I don't want to hear defense wins, you know, championships and things like that. Because it's all about the quarterback, right? So I'm also trying to think with this right here, with this mindset. You also had Kurt Warner. He won him a Super Bowl, right? Offense, the greatest show on turf. And then when they got around to facing the Patriots, one could argue and say, well, you know, they had the tape law. They had the the copy of the tape so they knew what he was going to run the route so anybody can sit on the route knock a person off his uh, key or what have you and it was a difficult Super Bowl for the Patriots and that started the dynasty believe it or not when you think about it and you contextualize it because they only won by a field goal law hmm Kurt Warner could have been what a, a pretty much a three-time Super Bowl champion. He could have won two in, uh, in the Rams land and then he could have won one against the Cardinals when he was playing with the Cardinals or what have you but oh, wasn't that defense crazy? Cardinals marched all the way down the field. And I forgot the guy's name, but he had almost a pick six from the end zone to the next end zone. Or I think he made it a pick six. I don't know. I forgot. It's been many a moons ago. But I recall that defense stood up and stepped up and said, hey, I'm here, right? And we think about the Joe Flacco's of the world's, right? I mean, nobody would really say that he's in an elite category or great category, right? But he was the facilitator of the team. All I'm trying to say is, is that, hmm, the writing is on the wall. Why stress yourself out on trying to always find the elite quarterback when all they should render you is nothing more than one Super Bowl, basically. 
if you really look at it since the last 20 years. Now, shout out to Pat Mahomes. If he somehow, one way or another, go on a tangent and go on a three Super Bowl run or four Super Bowl run, that would be crazy. But newsflash, he didn't do it by himself. He looked horrible that first two quarters, but it was the collective team, the running back being able to use his legs. Oh, the defense being able to get turnovers and takeaways. But I'm trying to find out or trying to solve this mystery of why everybody want a Pat Mahomes on all of the teams. Why is that the only way? If Jimmy Garoppolo was able to hit Emmanuel Sanders or if the defense was able to stop the run of the Kansas City Chiefs, we'll be sitting there saying that, hey, maybe Jimmy G is in that elite category or great category, Hall of Fame worthy category. Hmm. I wanna know, you guys think that Eli Manning will get to the Hall of Fame? He got two Super Bowls. Does that Super Bowl win and the way in the matter that you win get you to the Super Bowl? Is it all emotions? Hmm? <sighs> Speaking of this, I, I said all of this stuff. Talk about Rain Dakota Prescott. It appears that a third of the Cowboys nation, you know, they say, well, he's not elite law. He's not great law. He's a pretty much an average quarterback. Or, dare I say, below average. I've seen people make that argument. But when we start pulling up the facts and we do the fact checks and everything, when we go line by line and look at the previous quarterbacks that got paid or made it to the Super Bowl or won the Super Bowl, because even Matt Ryan made it to the Super Bowl, and one can argue coaching was right he would have had a Super Bowl ring oh Russell Wilson he made it to the Super Bowl twice but was that on the strength of Russell Wilson or the collective team oh this football game is a team game no way no way oh it's a coaching philosophy type of situation oh no okay all I'm trying to say is is this we've seen this particular team make some strides. They changed their old philosophy. They pretty much re-engineering this situation. And we've seen me hold discussions and talk peaks about this right here. The peak of this information with Tony Romo, I said time and time again, what is the difference between Tony Romo and Drew Brees? What is the difference between Tony Romo and Aaron Rodgers? Oh, coaching. Health, of course, you know, you can't know when a person is healthy or hurt. You can't predict that, you know. And normally, you're going to be healthy for the first few weeks. And every, that's a story of a different day as far as the latter part of the weeks. But I will say this. Coaches elevate everything. Well, all Mike McCarthy is a wash-up. He did this and did that in Green Bay land. Why do you think that he's going to elevate a Dak Prescott? And I say to everybody that can hear me, is it's not just Mike McCarthy. It's not just him. 
this particular team that surrounded everything with experience. Look, I'm trying to say to you guys, stop looking at Dak Prescott that he must be elite. And don't talk to me about the money because the money is not the issue. We got enough coins now to make sure that everybody is paid and we already forecast into the future for those who can do budget and, and forecasting and figure out things as far as from an analytical situation is that everybody's paid for and we got some escape clauses for those certain situations of injuries where it occur. May we knock on some wood somewhere. Let me knock on some wood right here. So may we knock on some wood. What I'm trying to say is, in order for you to win, you gotta win in all three phases of the game. You just can't have a poo-poo poor performance as it relates to special teams. And say, hey, I'm gonna walk right into the Super Bowl. No, it don't work that way. You got to be at least above average in special teams. Oh, law, what about defense? Oh, you gotta at least have a good defense. You can't have a poor defense. You can't have a suspect defense because those warts will show as it relates to the playoff time. Oh, for offense, you got to have at least a good offense. And out of those three categories, somebody got to be great. Who's the deciding factor out of that? Either the coaching or out of your special teams got to be great or your defense or your offense. Out of those three categories, and actually four, somebody got to be the difference maker. We had a team, whereas in 2014 and also in 2016, we we moved the needle, we moved the ball down the field, we put money on the board, but we was missing key components as it relates to shutdown defense, getting the ball back to the offense type of stuff turnovers and takeaways. We was poor in those spots and we was average at best at special teams. Let me repeat, we was average at best at special teams. So when you have those type of loose ends on your particular team, guess what, news flash. When you play against a team, they can find out those small little things like warts and stuff like that. It begins to rear his ugly head. What I'm trying to say is, Cowboy Nation, is that now we went, and just hear me out. I know a lot of people <laughs> saying to themselves, man, I heard this story a thousand times over, right? These excuses for the reason why Cowboy has been uh, in La La Land for 25 years is just crazy how they come up with it. More and more excuses. But just hear me out with this one. When you think about it and contextualize it with your mind, we went out there and said, okay, who did we last lost to, to the uh, playoffs to? Oh, it was Rams, right? We went and got their running backs coach, Skip Pete. Yeah, he was the reason why they was running the ball all over us, right? And we also went and got their special teams coach. Hmm. Oh, who, who, we all, who else we lost to in the playoffs? Oh, Mike McCarthy, 2016. Oh, now he's our coach. Let that sink into your mental. We am, we're going to try to improve the running back efficiency. It's okay to get a certain yards here and there running, but it's all about getting those efficient yards. Also, when you add in the fact with the special teams play, it's okay 
to be a good number one offensive team in the league. It's okay to be probably in the top end of the defensive categories. Nevertheless, when you don't get turnovers, that's a problem. And when you struggle to score in red zone, that's an issue. And you have not figured out those things, that is a major blow. You won't be able to capitalize against teams that's ready for that type of work action. Oh, and when you on the bottom end of the special team, I'm speaking some good stuff to you guys. I wish I could spit out some of this stuff so that you guys can feel this stuff that I'm spitting out to you. When you at the bottom end of your special teams unit, there's no flipping of the field. There's no advantage point that you can give your particular team, especially if there's no block kicks, if there's no flipping of the field as it relates to a punt return, or if there's nobody that can really punt the ball and put you in the corner, put you in your own corner of your own end zone, then there's no advantages. Your team is gasped. They overworked themselves. Diminishing rates of returns then kept crept up on them and said, yo, what's up? I'm here. And you guess what? This is what happened. You lose. <laughs> you flat out lose. You do not win in those factors. But how do you lower diminishing rates of return? Here's how you do that. Y'all listen. You don't run Ezekiel Elliott into the ground. You don't do that. <laughs> you drafted Tony Pollard for a reason. Last year in 2019, if you know what I mean, Ezekiel Elliott had more snaps than he ever had in his entire career. Why would you do that when you got a Ferrari, a Porsche, a Jag, whatever you want to call it, a Maserati in the garage? Utilize both of your weapons. Keep the opposition on their heels. At the end of the day, I guarantee you, Skip Pete will figure that out. The running backs coach, he will lean over to good old Mike McCarthy and say, hey, we got this Tony P over here. We got to utilize him. Oh, Michael Gallup, Sedarian Lamb, CD Lamb, number 88. Ooh, Amari Cooper. How we can utilize the three-headed weapons right there, the three-headed monster. Hmm. Keep the opposition on their heels. You might see Amari Cooper line out outside, flex back inside, Sedarian goes into the outside. Hey, Gallup, instead of just running the slug go or the go route, maybe you crease him across the middle. Maybe you line him in the backfield before the snap. They did it over there in Green Bay's land. Oh, instead of having a Methuselah out there, Shout out to Jason Witten, number 82, one of the greatest Cowboys of all time. Shout out to him. May he do a great job in the Raiders land. But now you remove him off the field and that safety or linebacker, he said, man, dog, I can't sit on the wives. I can't sit on this route right here that's going to go, and go six yards or more, you know, or less, basically. I can't sit on that route no more. That puts stress on the defense. You can do a vertical seam route now with Jarwin. Oh, so many things. That's just thinking outside of the box. That's what, even that alone make us better. <sighs> I digress. I'm telling everybody right now, this team is a whole lot different. Oh, on the defensive side of the ball. Oh, it's good to play the hands. It's good to not try to get beat on deep routes and things like that. But often, often, scared money don't make no money. When you're trying to play it safe, when you're playing dominoes, I always like to use this as an analogy. You can't just go for the dime all the time. Can't keep going for that dime. You got to strategize. You got to be able to count those bones and say, okay, hey, them fives are going to be locked up and I'm going to capitalize. 
Because hmm? I got the last five. 25, bingo, give me, <laughs> give me this thing on the game. Domino, Dominicio on this thing. Because when I put that thing down, 25, bingo on your mind. <laughs> give me that Domino's, it's my house. But you gotta set yourself up for it. It don't happen naturally. That's what I'm trying to say, Cowboy Nation. Tom Sula and everything that you liked about that front four from the Redskins as well as much as we can say about the 49ers now but everything that you like about it you can credit Tom Sula far as from what he was able to put his hands on Redskins look good they drafted pretty well they got some dogs out there shout out to them because <laughs> we're going to play them rough too oh and Mike Nolan all he does is elevate the linebackers play and that is what we're going to see. Linebackers plays a whole lot better. And Coach Edwards, everything you loved about the Minnesota Vikings, being able to fly out to the ball, safety coming down into the box, always somebody rotating, coming in. You don't know whether or not he's the high or the low safety. Oh, he's on the buzz control. He got the cutback now. Oh, it's going to be good, baby. It's defense. It's going to do turnovers and takeaways. We're going to have to wipe our eyes and say, man, how in the world we went all of these years allergic to the ball, but now we got dogs out there that's playmakers. I'm telling you, it's a complete team to make all of this stuff happen. Man, if you guys love this channel, hit that like button, share this content, subscribe to this page. Man, let me know of your thoughts. Let me know how you guys feel about everything I just said. But what makes a quarterback elite, great, average, below average, or what makes a quarterback just good? Let me know. I want to know. That's been my time. I really thank you all for yours. And remember, you're listening to nothing but the best. Let's go. Go Cowboys. Let's go.